So this mini-movie review contains adult language, mature situations, rants, potential spoilers, comparisons to other media, and Christmas elements. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin mini-movie review. Spyrokin's review of new movies that just came out in a very small, compact way. This is your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, what's up, and also potentially, well, it's not it yet, it's not December yet, so I'm not going to say it yet, but a certain two-syllable word which talks about the time of year, which is kind of interesting and kind of weird, but anyway. Merry Christmas! Larg. Yes. As Greta said, Merry... It's not Christmas yet. It's Happy Holidays at this moment. Anyway, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me at zanspirekin.com or us at spirekin at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Twitch. Also, if you're really cool, you can check us out also on the PSN network and on the Switch network for Nintendo. Check them out and let us know what you think or watch us play video games. Anyway, with that in mind, let's get to the review of the episode because this is kind of an important one because we're talking about one of the biggest institutions in American culture or world culture, and that is, as I said, Christmas. Now, for those of you who never listen to this podcast during this time of year, you know I'm kind of weird about Christmas. I will talk up a storm about Christmas after December 1st. Now, some of you wonder, why isn't the beginning of Christmas when the Thanksgiving Day Parade happens and Santa's at the end on his sleigh? For most people, that is true. For me, no. Because my birthday is at the end of November. And for years and years and years, I've had much cheapskating done because someone says, here's your Christmas birthday present. So it's become my own tradition that Christmas does not start. The holiday season does not start until... Sounds like a little uh, Grinchy backstory there. Humbug. Sir. Humbug, I say. Scrooge and humbug. <laughs> but, yes. So, yeah. So, after... But, anyway. So, but Christmas is a great time of year. Time when people come together, bringing families together, celebrating, and, and being wonderful. Now, one of the big institutions of this are a lot of holiday films. For example... The, some of the biggest ones are Miracle on 34th Street. You have, of course, A Christmas Carol. You have Scrooged, even Die Hard. Lots of these awesome Christmas films. Oh, uh, don't forget Frosty the Snowman and A Year Without Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All these great films which show Christmas in unique and great light. They show some of the best parts of Christmas. One of the most influential Christmas movies was based on a book from 1957 by Dr. Theodore Gessel, or as we know him, Dr. Seuss. And this is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, this is a quintessential story that many people have heard of. If you haven't, very simple. The Grinch is a miserly creature that lives on Mount Crumpet, high above Whoville. And he hates the Whos because of Christmas. He hates the noise they make and all the clatter and all the love. And he's angry about it. So one day he decides, I'm, I've had it. 53 years I've had to deal with this crap, so I'm going to go down and I'm going to steal Christmas and they won't be happy. They'll be sad and they'll go boo-hoo and he'll be happy when they go boo-hoo. He ends up stealing Christmas, stealing everything, goes back up to Mount Crumpet to destroy the toys. He stops to listen when the sun comes up. And instead of them crying and saying boo-hoo, they're singing. And he, he can't figure out why. He scratches his head. And he says, I don't understand. 
how did Christmas come? It came without presents. It came without tags. It came without ribbons or prices Buttons or, or bags. Yes, yeah. we're punny. And he doesn't get it. And then he realizes that maybe Christmas isn't about all those things. Maybe it's something more. Maybe it's about love and family. And he changes and his heart grows two sizes. And he gets happy. And he re repents and he realizes that Christmas is important. He repents, brings back Christmas, and he's happy. It's a very simple story. It's only 67 pages. And this has been remade three times. We're talking about the third remake, the one which just came out this year in 2018, that was directed by Scott Mosley. And it was uh, produced by Chris Melendondry. But more importantly than that, it is an institute, the Grinch is. The Grinch is stereotypical. You can even hear people say, stop being a Grinch when you're walking, if you're being curmudgeonly. Like I was being called a Grinch earlier because of my dislike of certain times before November 30th. Christmas. Yes. But you call someone a Grinch or a Scrooge. Those are the two quintessential characters for Christmas that are negative. It's Scrooge and Grinch. And the Grinch has always been depicted as a miserly angry, hate-filled person who ends up being good by the end. There may be some in the 2000 remake with Jim Carrey. They kind of soften the edges a little bit. So he's a little bit better, but he's still kind of a jerk. Or he's a major jerk. He's horrific. But you have a reason why he hates Christmas. And he hates Christmas. It's not that he dislikes Christmas or misses Christmas. He hates Christmas with a, with a passion. But that one gave you more of a backstory. So you understood where that kind of came from, and then they resolve that. Yes. In this film, it's a little bit different. Now, as I said, this is starring Benedict Cumberbatch, also known as Sherlock Holmes, also known as Smog, also known as Doctor Strange, the versatile actor who's done some amazing work. He's a great voice actor. He's a great actor. He's someone who actually does a lot of good work. In this film, he is top-notch. His voice acting is great. And do you understand this character that he's playing? However, what they've done with the Grinch is they've taken a sandblaster to him. They've taken sandpaper and they smoothed out the edges 150%. He's not disgusting and like pure evil. He's like grumpy. And in the song, your, your teeth are rotten, they're termites and you smile. That's a big point. His teeth are supposed to be yellow and nasty and angry. This one, he apparently went and got Invisalign, and then he got... Bleach. His teeth are bright and brilliant. Perfect. His teeth are perfect. And um, what was the thing that you were saying when we, after we saw the film, you made a good comment about what they've done to him? So my... So... Everyone knows that, like, most people have a... a kind of grumpy old man in their life that says, oh, you got you kids have it so easy nowadays. You know, in my day, we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have candy. We had to chew sticks for joy. You know, like they, they over embellish. But the, the, the main point is that kids have it easier. It's everything so soft. And I feel like the original Grinch was kind of evil. It's a little bit hard. He wasn't kind of. He was evil. Like, I wouldn't, you know, want a little kid to see it. It's kind of scary. But this Grinch is so softened 
and it's like not as grumpy and it's more joy-filled and even his relationship with Max is I love his relationship with Max in this in this movie it always bugged me that the Grinch was so mean to Max and he looked skinny and beat upon and and this relationship it's just it kind of warms your heart a little bit even before he gets his heart bigger he's nice to Max but in the back to like my point that old curmudgeonly man has a point this is so softened and it's not showing like the hardship that the Grinch really that evilness he had it's true he doesn't have a hardship his backstory we're not going to spoil it is so simple and it's not as chaotic or as horrific as even the 2000 edition and I like the 2000 edition don't get me wrong it's a guilty it's not a guilty pleasure it's, a, it's an enjoyable film but it gives him a reason why he hates Christmas. This one is, oh, he's longing for Christmas. So he's kind of like, uh, you know that that kid who says, I don't like it. But actually he likes it. That's what this is more like. It's like, I don't like it because of this. But he really secretly likes it. He wants to be included, but he can't. It's like that long, that that unrequited love. But like the, like the little boy that says, I don't like girls. Because the girl he likes didn't like him back. You know, it's. Once he was involved, but... It's not like the one where he got betrayed and he completely... It's essentially Anakin from Star Wars uh, Revenge of the Sith. I hate you! As he's crawling up the mountain. And even this one, like, he... His home is kind of nicer. It's not as sad. Like, in the book, his home's a little bit sad and cold. And... It's a cave. Yeah, but this, like... This... I would live in this cave. This one, he's a bachelor. He's a very... But he's like hooked up. Yeah, he is. He's got a he's got a nice little And set. Max is not just his servant, Max is his best friend and his right hand dog. And then he has another his barista. And he has another friend too that shows up randomly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, they just add this to sell more toys or just because they want to make him nicer. But besides that, let's get to the actual meat of this review, the actual movie itself, besides the Grinch character itself. Because Besides that, the Grinch is done well. The con- when the Grinch heist actually happens, that felt really good. Oh, up up until the twist, totally. the twist is 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 as we said, softened severely. It's not as a big turn. It's it, it, it happened felt gradually. Like it was a nice nod to all of the heist movies that have come out since the original of this movie. It felt like there's a nod to like the latest, like Ocean's Eight. Like there's a little like sleight of hand and look over here. I. I Enjoyed it. Agreed. Hmm. Just one, sorry. Slight kerfuffle. But he has a little bit of a twist earlier on. And as for the other main character of the series, Cindy Lou, she is very different. Uh, the first in the book and in the cartoon, she's just a two-year-old girl who says, pop. She makes a, a noise, and then he sees her. Then he says, oh, off to bed here. Have some juice. Uh, I'm just taking the tree to fix it. This one, she is someone who is has a noble mission. It's not like Cindy Lou from the 2000s where it's, oh, I don't understand about Christmas, and Christmas is too materialistic. This is, I want to ask Santa to do something nice, not for me, for someone else, because I feel I need to make things better. She felt like a co-star rather than a, like... A plot device. Yeah, she felt like a co-star. Which was a nice choice to it. There are some other characters they've included, including Angela Lansbury, who sounds very Betty White-ish. I confused her for Betty White for a bit. 
you have uh, Keenan Thompson playing this character who completely negates the Grinch and Todd because Grinch must be everyone's supposed to be afraid of him or think he's weird. This he plays a guy who's like, "Hey, Grinchy, you're my best friend." You're like, "Wait, what?" This kind of doesn't compute. Even in the wobulous world of Dr. Seuss, the Grinch is like horrific to everybody, but this is like... And, and does not have any friends at all. Well, like, that, the wobulous world, he like kicks away like people who are saying, here, you've won $500 billion. Get the hell off my lawn. He's an evil person. This one, it's just... He's nice. But Keenan Thompson's in there. You have a couple other characters like Rashida Jones, who plays Cindy Lou's mom, Donna, who is... Someone who, you have to give her gut. She's a modern person who is doing the best they can with the situation. She's slaying it, though. <laughs> no pun intended on that one, but love it. True. Um, she is doing good with it. Uh, she gives single moms an exceptional name. Like the, She just is making it work. She does. And the, the most important character we have to talk about, who... I'm surprised they picked this character, but it makes sense because this is made by Illumination, and you had to have one of their stable uh, collaborators working on it. The narrator of the film, who has been done by, originally it was Boris Karloff, the man who was Frankenstein. Then it was by Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins did it. This time, so you have two very noteworthy people with great voices. This time, let's get Pharrell in there. For Pharrell to be the narrator. Uh, I thought he was a great narrator. He changed a lot of the dialogue. Oh, completely. It's a whole different movie. It is a very different movie, but it's a film which it's more... It adds to it a little bit, and he actually does fit a little bit, the way he talks. But as it said, same thing, it's softer. His voice is softer. And it changes the feeling of the his film. His voice is buttery, though. I didn't realize his voice was that, like... Like, I, I enjoyed his narration. He's, I like to hear him read other things, but, like, for The Grinch, you need, like, a more serious... It's like... It, it, like yeah, but this whole movie wasn't super serious. This whole movie was, like... Buttery and sweet. Right. It was, like, saccharine sweet. I mean, the village looks like a gingerbread village. It looks like... Yes. Getting to that, the design work. Oh, my goodness. It is perfect. It has been hard to get Dr. Seuss's design work at all. The cartoons do a great job. The live-action film... Except for the Grinch, everything else looks horrific. Let's be honest. They look like weird mole people. The Who's look like mole people. But this one, the Who's look great. Everything works. You see the kerflufflers. You see the whip damblers. You see the hoo-hash and canned hoo-hash and the reserves of hoo-hash and spicy whip-nash. But the, the original and the Jim Carrey remake, I did like how there were different sized, shaped people true to Dr. Seuss's life. Like, Dr. Seuss... Had like the mice family that lived in a little tiny mice house and they drove a little mice car with everybody else. Like this one, I did miss that. But I liked the mode of transportation for everything. Everything was different. There are different sized things. Think about it. You had Fred's family, you had the, the moose's family, you had the goats, you had the little mice. But he didn't steal all the crumbs in the house. He did not steal the crumbs enough so the mouse could not have any. Because that is the Grinch being truly just. 
horrific. Like stealing the food so there's not even a crumb for a mouse. I don't think I saw a mouse in this movie. No, no, they didn't. So the design work is great. It fits this world perfectly, and it looks like a world which works. And I'd love to see more of Dr. Seuss's films done in this style. Maybe not with this art, but the, or maybe not with the arc that it goes over and the differences in the story, but I'd love to see more of it. If they did a TV show, Illumination did, in the Dr. Seuss world, if they did some of the other films like this, I'd love it. Beautiful. Like, I would have loved them to start with, with Horton Hears a Who in this version, just as long as they don't soften it. But... I want them to release a gingerbread house kit. They probably do have one. We have to look for it. But the other thing I have to say is that Illumination, for the ad campaign, they were brilliant. They did everything possible. If you were in Manhattan, they had signs specifically pertaining to Manhattan like, hey, so you didn't get those those Hamilton tickets, did you? Oh, was it 6th Avenue and 2nd Street or was it 2nd Street and 6th Avenue? Or, the rent is so cheap here, and it's so mean and benevolent. There's a pistachio commercial. There's They did a great job with the ad campaign with this. Advertising was top-notch. So, ad campaign, the design of the film, the actors themselves. Now, the thing which any Christmas film has, the music. First off, they get a... A lot of licenses for some really great classic music, some that are very obscure. You had Rum DMC, Christmas Is in this film. You had Deck the Halls. You had My Favorite Things by the Supremes. You had Zat You Santa Claus by Buster Poindexter. You had Merry Christmas to You by Nat King Cole. And then you had Pentatonics being, well, their, their role Pentatonics. was, they were being trolls in that film. I could see why the Grinch hated it if Pentatonics chased me around a town for a half hour. So you had all these great licenses, and Danny Elfman did the soundtrack itself. The score was really on point, except for one thing, which some people will agree with me, some people will not. The one thing that most of us know if we've never seen The Grinch, you've heard the song. The original th song of You're a Mean Mr. Grinch was originally written by Theodore Gessel, by Dr. Seuss in the book. It was performed by Thurl Ravenscroft, the voice of Tony the Tiger. You remember, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. It's scary. It's malevolent. Then there's a version which was done by Jim Carrey. And it actually was a faithful, it was, they changed some bits, but it was pretty faithful. And it had that same sense to it. This time, let's take that and let's throw out all the Christmas elements. Let's throw out all the evilness and let's make it a rap song. So Tyler, the creator, made your mean one, Mr. Grinch. It is catchy, though. I don't think so. It's playing in my head right now. Nope. It's... They... According to him, he took out all the Christmassy stuff to it and he made it his own. He added a children's choir, which was a nice touch. I will give that. The children's choir is a nice touch. But... The song itself, it lacks punch. Lacks a lot of punch. And the other thing is they play it early in the film. It's not like a build-up. It's not in the same spot, you know, when he's getting ready to be Santa. No, it's the first scene is that song to get it out of the way. Kind of like a, oh yeah, hurry up and get this done. And then let's not reprise it ever. I don't know. So... Overall, it's an interesting film. It's a good film you could show kids. 
I really think you could show a lot of kids it. But I don't think... I don't think it's a film which is going to last the I, test I, of time. But this is a this is a definite feel good. Have it on while you're making cookies. You know, you can take the little kids to see this movie. Like, I, I feel like if you took a really little kid, like a toddler, to to see like the original, they'd start getting scared and cry for certain parts. But this one, I think they're good. I agree with you. I agree 100%. I think that's the case completely. And, um... I have to give it a keep it on the background wall making Christmas cookies. It's okay. It's not great. Could be better. It's not terrible. Uh, it was worth watching once, but it wasn't extravagant. Like, there are elements that are really good, but a lot of things that I didn't like, I didn't like about it. I'd rather watch the original or the 2000 remake. So that's my thoughts about it. That's our thoughts about it. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments down below. And um, our next movie is going to be a fun one, I think. We're going to be talking about some movie involving the interwebs. Maybe. So I guess that's it, guys. Uh, this is your host, Zan. And Greta. We're Gonsville. Catch you next time. Is mother.